There's no secret formula for better service throughout the customer journey. But there is the all-new service hub from HubSpot. It makes it infinitely easier to scale customer support and increase retention. By bringing service and support together in one powerful platform, you can deliver the best experiences for your customers and your teams. Free up time for your reps to focus on complex issues with an AI-powered help desk. Proactively drive retention with customer health scores that help keep your business ahead, stopping churn in its tracks. And give your entire go-to-market team the data they need to operate as one unified, powerful front. Also, you can easily support, strengthen, and grow your customer base. Secrets out. HubSpot Service Hub is a game changer. Visit HubSpot.com service to do more for your customers today. What's going on, everyone? It's Wednesday, June 15th. I'm Zachary Crockett here with Rob Litterst and Mark Dent. And you're listening to The Hustle Daily Show. Today, we're talking about the New York Times. They're one of the world's most venerable media brands, but they're also pretty savvy on the business side of things. They've been employing a new business strategy, which shifts revenue from advertising to ancillary products. We're going to get into that. But first, a couple quick things you should know about what's going on in business and tech. In the last few weeks, the cryptocurrency exchange Coinbase has announced a hiring freeze and rescinded job offers for hundreds of employees. Now, the company's laying off about 1,100 employees. That's about 18% of its workforce. The crypto market has fallen dramatically this week. Over the weekend alone, $200 billion in market cap was wiped out. Bitcoin's at about 22 k right now. That's down from a high of 47 k earlier this year. And analysts are warning of a so-called crypto winter. So if you're into coins, might be time to buckle down a little. The stock market, unfortunately, isn't faring much better. The S&P officially entered a bear market on Monday, which is when the market is down at least 20% for a prolonged period of time. That's partly due to a very bad inflation outlook report released last week. The enormously popular K-pop band BTS announced that it's going on a hiatus so its members can focus on independent careers. The group grossed about $170 million on the road in 2019. And lastly, Caterpillar, the largest manufacturer of construction equipment in the world, has moved its headquarters from Illinois to Texas. Shares of Caterpillar were down slightly on the news, but then again, so is every other stock right now. So I wouldn't read too much into that. All right, Rob, let's talk New York Times. They've got a new business strategy brewing that they've been working through. Totally. And this strategy has kind of been underway for a little while now. And just kind of taking a step back and thinking about it from a high level, The transition of media consumption from physical to digital has obviously rocked the world of most publishers, right? And in general, I think publishing has really kind of gotten crushed and it's really been kind of at the whims of Google and social media giants and other big web players for the last decade. And one media company that's been able to weather the storm is the New York Times. And part of it is because they've been willing to embrace and really move towards this digital strategy. They understand that that's just kind of how people get their news these days. And ultimately, when you think about a subscriber-driven business, newspapers are probably one of the oldest subscription businesses that we have. It's gotten really popular these days. I mean, you have kind of subscription everything now. I think you can get subscription underwear, you can get subscription (laughs) wine, you can get subscription anything. But newspapers have been doing this forever. And for the longest time, I think the the main goal that you would think about if you're a newspaper is acquisition, right? So just (laughs) getting new subscribers. 
And that's not to say that the New York Times doesn't want new subscribers. They still think that there's a right market for them to drive more subscribers to sign up for their news and for all their other products. But a big part of their new strategy is ultimately not so much about generating new subscribers, but getting their existing subscribers to pay them more. Mm. And they're doing that through a slew of new digital products. All right. So they're trying to rally up their current subscriber base and get them to subscribe to kind of these ancillary products. What does that economy look like? What kind of new products are they cooking up here? Yeah. So if you're subscribed to the Times, you've probably seen the kind of endless promos that they have within their app on their website for New York Times cooking and New York Times games. So Mm -hmm. those are kind of like their two staples. They've had those two products for a pretty long time now. Cooking has like over 19,000 recipes. I can speak from experience. My mom subscribes to New York Times cooking and she's obsessed with it. I think they have like some really big name contributors like Mark Bittman, if you're a cookbook enthusiast. Oh, yeah. McBitty's Bean Burgers. Oh, yeah. Highly recommended. Bitman is in there. So if you, if you want some Bitman, then maybe look for the New York Times cooking subscription. The game section has, of course, the flagship product, which is the New York Times crossword puzzle, which my mom is also obsessed with. She actually just snapped a streak. She had done, I think, like 865 in a row or something like that. But it also has spelling bee, tiles, and Wordle, which New York Times just acquired. But they've actually added a couple of different products that they're kind of working into this overall bundling strategy. And that's really what they're trying to do here is get people to pay them incrementally more for access to these ancillary products. Right. They have wire cutter for reviews. They have the athletic for sports. They've kind of gone on a spree the last five, six years, right? Exactly. And that's the cool thing is they offer all of these products as standalone subscriptions as well. And when you think about it, the New York Times, they definitely have a type for the products that they're looking to bundle. They're looking for products that are kind of low cost products. I think like their standalone subscriptions range from about $40 per year to $65 per year, which I'm not great at math, but generally around like $5 per month. And they're also looking for things that kind of like fit in decently with news, right? So like information products, sports, reviews, cooking, games. Mm -hmm. And they're essentially hoping that these products are going to capture the attention of some of their audience. I think that's a big reason that they bought Wordle is they saw that it just went totally viral and thought, hey, this is an opportunity for us to get more people to subscribe to our gaming subscription. Sure. And what does the big picture look like here? How has this strategy contributed to their bottom line? So the digital revenue from the New York Times has grown from 400 million in 2016 to 1.1 billion Hmm. in 2021. One thing that the New York Times does, which is really, really smart, is they offer a complimentary subscription to their bundle subscribers. So if you think about the nature of a bundle, like one person, me, myself, I might just want to subscribe to the New York Times for news, right? Maybe I want to read The Athletic here and there because I'm a sports fan. But if you offer me a complimentary subscription for my wife, she likes the games. She likes the cooking. So I think what New York Times is doing there by offering a complimentary subscription is they're giving subscribers a chance to kind of increase the chances that somebody's interested in mm. one of those ancillary products so that more households essentially are upgrading their New York Times subscription to the bundle to take advantage of those products. Sure. There's something in it for everyone. Yeah, it's interesting. This acquisition really seems like something that is more out of the playbook of a big tech company than an established legacy media brand. You know, we've seen companies like Apple, Disney play around with bundling, but not really any other major newspapers. 
Yeah, this is definitely the first really kind of true example of a traditional sort of media outlet, one as kind of, for lack of a better word, as as state as an old newspaper, really going out of its way to turn into something else. This sort of like home for, of course, news and sports and, and then like Rob was saying, games and cooking and basically just community is kind of what they're creating with some of that. And and it really feels like a playbook that you would see out of somewhere else. We know, of course, that Facebook, it was getting really big on its own, but then it bought Instagram and it bought a lot of other things. And that is the way that public companies have to keep getting bigger is by acquiring. And so while I think that, as Rob was saying, the bundle allows you to also get more revenue per user, potentially, because people who are already subscribers are going to get the bundle now. I sometimes wonder, like, how far do you go, especially if you're someone like the New York Times, like Mm -hmm. to use like the corporate culture's favorite word, how much synergy really is there? (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Among other things that the New York Times could buy, because there obviously is a lot of synergy between The Athletic and The New York Times. And and I think a decent amount of synergy between games and The New York Times, certainly. Like the crossword puzzle was always a standby on one of the back pages of the newspaper. Mark, if you use the word synergy one more time in this recording, (laughs) I think you're going to get poached by McKinsey after this. (laughs) (laughs) I I will try to stop using it then. But I just think that there has to be some sort of endpoint to this. It, it it always just kind of makes me wonder, like, what is your next step? You know, they want to mm-hmm. have 15 million subscribers sometime in the next few years. And to get there, they're probably going to have to buy something else. And what is like the New York Times? I just wonder what it's going to be, because like at a certain point, not everybody can be a conglomerate. Conglomerates <laughs> oftentimes fail. And then you start to see odd purchases where companies buy things that they don't really have anything really similar with. And I wonder how much the New York Times can kind of push this strategy and kind of keep it going. Well, Rob, you've written a lot about pricing strategies. Do you have a thought on that? Yeah, totally. I also have ideas for what they could potentially acquire that I would love to run by you guys to see if you guys think any of them could be a fit. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm interested. We already talked about how the New York Times kind of has a type, right? So they have these kind of like five-ish dollar per month information products. So one that comes to mind for me, I think if they had kind of like a premium horoscope app, I think it could potentially fit. And I feel like people go for horoscopes in their newspaper or wherever they're getting their news. I feel like it's something that could potentially fit. (laughs) What do you guys think about the New York Times jumping into the horoscope game? That's a good idea. I miss the days when horoscopes were free. (laughs) Right. But here's the thing. They weren't free in those old days. They were baked into the price of the old newspapers. Interesting. Sure. I wanted to get into this, Mark, because you made a point when we were slacking about this, that newspapers are actually the original bundle, Mm -hmm. which kind of makes this entire conversation a little bit ironic and meta. Right. And we've, of course, seen the great rebundling in in a lot of ways. But what's interesting to me is that the New York Times is really the only traditional sort of newspaper media entity trying to rebundle and I think capable of rebundling because in the 90s and even into the early 2000s and and then all the decades prior to that, local newspapers had like their own monopoly. They had their own bundle Mm -hmm. and, you know, they had everything there you could want. They could charge a lot of money. And then like all that stuff got unbundled. And now the New York Times is this lone behemoth out there that is capable of rebundling. And the bundle is really probably the best way to be profitable. And in some ways, perhaps the only way to have a really big, robust news enterprise and turn a profit. As we know, places like BuzzFeed aren't doing that well. Uh, Vice has fallen on very hard times. Local newspapers, as we all know, for the last couple of decades have been dealing with very hard times. And the New York Times kind of stands out as like this, I think, lone entity in its ability to do this. 
you know, reading a hard copy of a newspaper as a kid, I never really thought of a newspaper as a bundle in the sense that we think about a bundle today. But it really, it really was. You know, you have the comic section, you have your entertainment, you have the crossword puzzle, you have games, you have news, opinion columns, cartoons, all in the same space. And advice columns, which, Rob, right. what do you think of that as, as another good uh, premium add-on? New York Times getting more into that. Love that. Absolutely love that idea. Advice, horoscopes. One thing I was going to mention, too, is the New York Times isn't alone with kind of going into bundling. And I feel like wherever you look, the companies that are doing bundling the best, their prospects are really, really good in their respective spaces. So like a couple that I was thinking about in relation to the New York Times Apple recently launched this Apple One bundle that includes Apple Music, cloud storage. It includes their games offering, Apple TV Plus, Apple News Plus, and Apple Fitness. And they're kind of doing something similar to the New York Times where they're allowing you to do like a family bundle subscription. So you can kind of share all of these services across your family. I literally didn't even know that I had access to that stuff, but got a notification one day because my mom signed up for it. And so now my entire family has it. It's crazy. And then Disney has their own Disney bundle that includes Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus. And especially as you see what's happening with Netflix and their subscriber numbers are trending downwards, I think Disney's in really good shape with that kind of combination of offerings that they have there. They've got sports, they've got prestige TV and prestige other products with Hulu, and then they have Disney Plus, which obviously their catalog is super popular too. I think a part of the reason the New York Times can pursue this strategy is obviously they have a lot of legacy and cachet. They have the power to be able to do this, as you said, Mark. And it just is a reality that that cachet has also allowed them to overtake the broader newspaper market in many markets, too. They have. It's pretty wild when you look at the number of subscribers that some other media outlets have as compared to the New York Times, which is nearing around 10 million. The Washington Post, which is a big deal and has been their prime rival, has around 3 million digital subscribers, although that's from a little over a year ago, so that number's most certainly gone up. The Wall Street Journal has just under 3 million digital subscribers. And then uh, we kind of get to like these local papers, which is where it's really interesting. The Boston Globe, which is probably one of the most successful local newspapers, has just under 250,000 digital subscribers. This is where, to me, it gets nuts. According to the Columbia Journalism Review, there are more subscribers to the the New York Times in California than there are subscribers to the San Francisco Chronicle <laughs> and the Los Angeles Times. Wow, and, and it's the same within Seattle. There's more NYT subscribers than Seattle Times subscribers. Same within Dallas, sure. with the Dallas Morning News. And there's, I think, two parts to this. One is not so much businessy, but more just the way things are going in our country, which is that like all news has become national. I, I think people care just a little bit more about national news. They don't quite have the same feel for the community as they once did. So local news just has fallen out of favor. Mm -hmm. And then if you couple that with the New York Times kind of riding to a new high because people are just a little more interested in it, and then they have that cachet that you were talking about, Zach, they're able to just like increase their power like tenfold to the point where you have people right. who work for local journalism outlets, they want to work for the New York Times. People who would read those outlets are finding, well, there's not that much good stuff in there anymore because all the reporters have been laid off. And, sure. and so they're going to turn to the New York Times, which is a really good product. And that also happens to cost less than most local papers. Sure, sure. Well, I think those are two great points. But a third point is maybe, as you mentioned, price sensitivity. You know, obviously, we're in the age of digital news where we have so much free content at our fingertips, and people don't want to pay $50, 60 $100 a year for a newspaper. And the New York Times seems to benefit from kind of like an economies of scale type of thing. 
You mentioned the Boston Globe, for instance. Rob, you're one of the 250,000 subscribers to the Boston Globe. And I am. There's like a dramatic price difference between your New York Times subscription and your Boston Globe subscription, for instance. It's crazy. And one thing that I do want to clarify is I think the New York Times does some pretty aggressive first year promotions. So take it with a grain of salt. I, I think after year one, the price of a subscription technically goes from $4 per month to $17 per month. But mm. I've subscribed to the New York Times and churned and I've had them kind of offer me the same price over and over. Yeah. There's a lot of different rates because I think I pay closer to somewhere to eight to 10. So uh-huh. it's somewhere in that range, I think too. But to your point, Zach, so I pay 27 a month for the Boston Globe and they have zero pricing flexibility. Like I've, I've asked them before if <laughs> I can <laughs> if I can subscribe at a lower cost. They need every penny of that. And I've been shut down. Yeah, many times. Mm-hmm. But I was just doing some back of the napkin math. So obviously $27 to $4 for the New York Times is a pretty ridiculous difference. But even New York Times all access subscription, which includes all of the products that we mentioned above. So it includes news, cooking, games, wire cutter, and the athletic. That comes out for the first year to right around $13.50 a month. So even that is half of the price of my Boston Globe subscription, Jeez. which- It's just crazy. And you mentioned it, Mark, like the Boston Globe, they obviously have a great reputation. They are seen as one of the more successful papers. And it just seems like hard for them to even really compete. Like, I I don't understand how some of these smaller market papers can do it. And once you start to kind of do that calculation and and look at that equation in your head, it starts to make a lot of sense why there's been consolidation Mm -hmm. and papers going out of business and all that stuff and new sub stacks that have daily news. I think that's been kind of a new trend is getting back into like local and regional news and using newsletters to do it. Yeah. Well, I will say that the Boston Globe has never ripped off one of our stories without credit. So (laughs) they have that going for them. The New York Times, love them, but they do frequently do that to smaller blogs and they can get away with it. I did not know you were going there. That's amazing. So Rob, you've done a lot of research in, in the pricing strategy space. I'm curious when all this is taken into context, do you think that users are getting a good deal with these types of bundles? Yeah. So the standalone subscriptions for New York Times products, which includes the five that we've been talking about, news, cooking, games, wire cutter, and the athletic, on their own, if you added them all up, it would come out to about $250 per year. And if you sign up for their all access subscription, which is the bundle, you get it for $163 for the first year. So that's just about a 35% discount I think, especially when you add the fact that you can add a subscriber to that as well, and you think about the odds that within a group of two people, the chances that somebody's interested in one of those ancillary products doubles, You know, I think it's pretty easy to see that being a pretty good deal, especially just considering all of the other media products that are on the market. I mean, we, we mentioned that comes out to about $13.50 per month. Hmm. That's pretty reasonable for everything that you're getting there. But it totally, I think, depends on how interested you are in those ancillary products. I think the interesting calculus for the New York Times as they're kind of going towards 2027 and shooting for this 15 million subscriber goal is how much of their new revenue comes from getting subscribers to add new bundle products Mm -hmm. or from kind of like lowering the discount on subscribers year after year, because that's going to play a really big role in it. As they kind of incrementally take down that discount, they're going to be able to put away more revenue per subscriber as well. So there's a really good chance, I think, for the New York Times. And I'm not saying this is a good thing for media in general, because I, I don't really think it is. 
But I think there's a really good chance for the New York Times that as they get closer to 2027 and they get to those 15 million subscribers, which they probably will do if, if things keep going as they are, then the average subscriber is going to be paying them a lot more than they are right now. Sure. I often wonder if competition will drive down the subscription costs over time. But Mark, as you said, you know, the New York Times is kind of just in an echelon of its own. It's really positioned itself in a unique way where it obviously has direct competitors, but in a certain sense, it doesn't because of the bundling. Yeah, they really have. And what's interesting to me is I can think back to this was like summer 2009, right after I graduated college and was getting into journalism, there was like a daily show segment where one of the correspondents like did a story about how the New York Times was like basically on its deathbed. Hmm. Like everyone sort of thought it was just going to like kind of bite the dust in terms of the way that a lot of newspapers were heading. And then that clearly didn't happen. A couple of years later, they introduced the paywall in 2011, which was before most people did. And then they've just seen this incredible growth. And back then, the New York Times was still the premium news outlet. But now it's so much more. It's sort of like an Amazon or like a Walmart, just somewhere where it has everything that its competitors have, like on a smaller level, all in one place. And no one else can say that. Yeah. And I guess the fact that all three of us are subscribers independently is a testament to that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, exactly. And we're all paying different prices for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for us today. As always, thanks for tuning into the Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor is Robert Hartwig, and our executive producer is Darren Clark. If you liked what you heard today, we've got a lot more tech and business coverage over at thehustle.co. We'll catch you all tomorrow.